Hello, everyone. Welcome to Celtic Preachers Podcast 200. And today we are going to be looking at one of Jesus' parables. And you know, these parables are all about how to live in this world, or as is the case with this one, how not to live in this world. Because Jesus was all about helping us live our very best lives. And so he would often give warnings. And uh, this, is a par- this, this is a parable, this is a warning. You know, when a parable ends with, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, yeah, you know that that's a warning parable. And uh, so this is how the parable ends. Somebody ends up weeping and somebody ends up gnashing their teeth and somebody ends up in outer darkness. So if you're ending up in outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth, uh, something's gone terribly wrong. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this parable. It's called the parable of the talents. And a talent in ancient times was... uh, was really a unit of currency. It was actually 15 years wage. So if somebody is going to get a talent, it would be like a bag of gold. It would be a weight of gold. So there's something about gold and treasures. Jesus liked to tell stories about treasures found in fields and pearls found and gold. And yeah, there's something very intriguing about the whole idea of stories about bags of gold. This is a a story, this is a parable about three people that were given different amounts of gold, bags of gold. And uh, so the story is, the parable is, that there was this obviously very wealthy uh, landowner and he decides to give out masses of amounts of gold to his servants. And one servant got five bags of gold, and one got two, and one servant got one bag of gold. Now remember, even one bag of gold, that's like 15 years worth of salary. So this is a lot of money, which is kind of a strange thing. Why would somebody even do this? But that's how parables are. They don't always make sense. And then... Uh, once the gold is given out, once everybody's got their bags of gold, the landlord goes away for a long, 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 long time. And the servants are left with a lot of choices on what they want to do with their gold. And the, it so happens that the one who was given five bags of gold invests it and makes another five. And the one who was given two bags of gold invests it and, was, and made another two. And the one who was given one bag of gold decides to keep it safe. Didn't want to make any mistakes. So he didn't want to lose the gold, so he hid it. And after a long time, the master returns. And he's thrilled with the servants who have doubled the gold. Well done, good and faithful servant, the master says. Well done. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy of your master. You can partner up with me, he says. 
And then he comes to the third servant, the one who buried the bag of gold, and he is not so fortunate. He says, Master, you know, I knew you were a harsh man. I knew that, uh, you know, reaping where you didn't sow and you gathered where you didn't scatter seeds. So I decided to hide the gold and here you can have what's yours. It's safe. I hid it and I'm giving it back to you. And the master is furiously annoyed. Wicked, lazy servant. If you believed I was a harsh man, if you reaping where I didn't sow, at least you could have invested the money with the bankers. At least you could have invested and you would have received interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. And as for him, he can be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The story ends. That's it. Just ends like that. Now, if you were one of the disciples, if you were one of Jesus' students hearing this parable, I mean, wouldn't you have a lot of questions about that? I mean, wouldn't you think, isn't this a little bit harsh, Jesus? <laughs> really? I mean, he's not a bad man. He's maybe cautious, right? Maybe scared. Why does he end up weeping and gnashing of teeth? All he did was hide the gold. I mean, he didn't lose it, right? All he did was hide the gold. So why, what's the big deal? Why is that so bad? How come he ends up in outer darkness? Well, remember, a few weeks ago, we looked at the parable of the ten bridesmaids, and that it's always good to pay close attention to the scary parts of the story, because this is very similar. And by the way, in the scripture, they're side by side, so you have in Matthew, um, you have the the story of the talents, the parable of the talents, and then you also have the parable of the ten bridesmaids. They're right next to each other. I think there's a lot of similarities between the two stories because <clears throat> the bridesmaids, five of them who ran out of oil, were locked out of the banquet. And again, it, was, it seemed so harsh and so unreasonable. But then once you start to you know, look at the parable in a deeper way and ponder it, you can come up with all sorts of things in life where you just run out of time and it's too late, which is, I think, one of the points of the, the Ten Bridesmaids is that, yeah, you didn't have the oil and, and now you do have it. You had to go to the shop and you missed your opportunity. And remember, we looked at that in detail about there's all sorts of things that we just miss the opportunity and uh, you can't ever get back what you lost because it's too late. Right? Particularly, you know this if somebody dies, it's like it's too late to make up or whatever, right? Because they're dead, right? But anyway, I, I think that always pay attention to the, the scary parts because there's a life lesson in there, a warning. And I think for this third servant, the warning is the one who buried the gold, remember? I think the warning is, yeah, you know what? You really can play life too safe. And this is not, Jesus is saying, this is not a good way to live. If you never take a risk, if you never step outside of your comfort zone, 
if you never say the difficult thing that needs to be said, if you never do the challenging thing you need to do, you know, instead, if you just ignore things and disengage and bury the gold and do nothing, that is one of the worst things you can do, Jesus is saying. And apparently with Jesus, it's better to take a risk and fail than do nothing at all. Isn't that interesting? It's like, yeah, it's better to at least try something and fail than just simply bury the gold. You know, this. he told this story, he told this parable just a few days before he dies on the cross. It's always fascinating to me what he tells his students just before he leaves them. It's like, this is really, really important. Don't bury the gold. Don't bury the gold. Um, it's like, well, what is the gold anyway? What is it? Well, you know, when you think about it, people have wondered about this forever and ever. But I was thinking in terms of, well, what's the gold that we have? What do we have that's of infinite worth? What do we have that's precious? And we also have some control over it. We get to choose what to do with it, right? We get to decide what to do with the gold. I think it's something to do with our time here on earth and the way we live our lives. Uh, because it's something, every, every servant who had the gold, he has some control over what he wants to do with it. The first two invested it, the, uh, the third one hid it, hid the gold. So it's like, we all have a limited amount of time and energy and gifts, and we have control over how we're going to use our time and our life, right? We get to choose what to do. In other words, we could, if we wanted, waste our life away and do nothing. We could, right? Uh, we could choose to bury the gold and never take a risk because we're scared and play it safe. You could do that. And it seems that God gives us remarkable freedom how we want to live our life. It's like, yeah, you can. I mean, if you, if, you, if you want to just not invest and not get involved, sure, you can. You could do that. It would be a total waste of a life experience, but you could do that. I mean, according to this parable, the worst thing you can do is bury the gold, which is not live your life to the fullest. Not invest. Not invest in something. You know, and, and it doesn't really, you know, matter so much what we're invested in. It's, I think it's more about why we are invested in what we're invested in, you know, because I think it does make a difference if we're living with an eye on pleasing the one who gifts us with the gold in the first place. I think that makes a massive difference. Um... You know, I might be invested in raising my child. That might 
my children. That might be my priority. That might be my attention. That might be why I do what I do. I might be invested in my work. Um, that's a priority for me. Fine. You know, my life's energy, my thoughts, my time, how I influence those around me, my money, my property, the gifts I have. Yeah, it's all choices. We're making these choices all the time, every single day. Do I live with a desire to please the one who gave me the gold? Or am I just in this life for me and myself, me and mine? That's it. It's all about me. Jesus would say, well, you, you do get that choice. That is a choice. Um, yeah. Ultimately, you know, in the parable, it's not so much about how much we have, but there's a big influence, um, emphasis on faithfulness in this. It's like, well done, good and faithful servant, he says to the first two. And by the way, I think it's nothing about uh, investing in money. I don't, think it's, I don't think the gold is anything to do with money. I think it's about how you live a life how you invest in, and what you invest in, in your life. Because the other choice is to just play it safe and bury what you have. Or hold on to what you have. Because you might lose it. You might make a mistake. You might choose the wrong thing, so you're not going to do anything at all. You might say the wrong thing. And it's like Jesus is saying, what a wasted life. Talk about living in darkness. Talking about... Weeping and gnashing of teeth, yeah. That's not, that's not any way to live. You'd be better off trying and failing than never trying. The worst thing is to bury the gold. Worst thing. There's a fascinating line in this story where the third servant says, I knew you were a harsh man, he says. It's like, why did you bury the gold? Well, because I knew you were a harsh man. I couldn't afford to make a mistake, so I didn't do anything. I knew you were a harsh man. I, I, I had to do, I just had to bury it. So important what our view of God is. It's so important. This third servant's view of God is God's hard to please, uh, God is intolerant of anything less than perfect. His view of God is, if I do something with his talent and mess up, my life isn't worth living. So I'm not taking any chances because the master's harsh. The master's too harsh. And, you know, down throughout the millennium, you know, people's view of God shapes choices you know if you believe that God is indifferent or if you believe that God is impossible to please please what's the point in trying right if you believe if you've picked up from somewhere that God is disengaged or uh, unforgiving or uncaring if you if you've picked up from somewhere that God is critical how could you ever trust that one? 
You couldn't, could you? And it seems as though people pick up um, views of God from all over the place, and you don't even have to be raised in a church for this. I've noticed that people have, if they believe in God at all, even if they've never been inside a church, they'll have a, a sense of what God is like or a view of God. And, uh, you know, if our view of God is the critical authoritarian figure, uh, the one we can never please, it's very unlikely we would trust that one to guide us and help us in the decisions of our life, isn't it? I mean, you'd be more likely to just carry on as best you can by yourself. If our view of God is a hands-off God, like God doesn't really get involved that much with the world, we're not going to be checking in too much. But if your view of God is generous and loving and accepting, or even more, if your view of God is that God is delights in you and is a, a nurturing Here's something. Here's a way to put it. If you believe that God is like the best parent you could ever, ever imagine, because that was the image that Jesus liked, if you, if, you believe that, if you believe that God is the best parent, you have to use your imagination to think of the best one, the most nurturing person that you've ever met. Can you imagine the difference that that would make in your life, if that was what you firmly believed God was like. Yeah, it would make a difference because you'd be more trusting, right? You'd be willing to take more risks. You would be less likely to just bury the gold because you'd be thinking, well, you know what? I've got someone who's with me and helping me and guiding me and showing me. And even though I'm scared I'm gonna move forward, because I'm, I'm just not doing this all by myself. Yeah. It's so fascinating. Just a few days before Jesus dies, he tells them this parable, the first students. And uh, when, he, when he died, obviously, his closest people, are, are of course they're going to be tempted to compromise and be scared and take the easy way and run away and but he's saying no 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 you know when when life gets hard all the more reason to trust all the more reason to commit yourself to being faithful and it's it's not easy to be faithful because i think sometimes we we need to speak up rather than stay silent and that's what it looks like to be a faithful person. Because remember, I'm, I'm living with my eye on pleasing the one who gave me the gold. It's not just about me and what I want and my life. And, you know, it's, you know, it's like, no, what would, what would the giver have me say or do here? You know, sometimes we need to trust rather than manipulate. 
Sometimes we need to wait rather than rush on ahead. What does faithful living look like? What does it look like to be faithful? Well, we certainly know from this parable, we know that the third servant, the one who ended up weeping and gnashing teeth, uh, yeah, that one, we know what faith, faithful, faithless living looks like. It looks like turning away, ignoring, disengaging, not getting involved. That's the choice. That's the choice. It's a choice to take the right path. It's a choice to choose the path that we believe that God would have us take because that path might not necessarily come naturally to us because it might be harder. It might cause a lot more hassle. We might not be affirmed for it, right? But faithful living, yeah, stepping back, and thinking, no, what would, what would the giver of the gold have me do here? What do you want me to do? What would be the best thing to say or not say? Or the best action to take or not take? Yeah, it makes a difference, doesn't it? It makes a difference how we view the giver. There's the prayer and the heart cry. God, we want to live our lives to the fullest. We don't want to bury the gold. We don't want to lose the chances that you've given us because of the stories we tell ourselves, because we're scared, because we're worried that we'll make a mistake, whatever it is. We want to be free to invest in this life to the fullest. Thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.